This story has been recorded at an Addictive Eaters Anonymous meeting in New Zealand. You can email us at contact at aeanz.org. Tonight is a um, speaker meeting and our speaker is Kay. Thanks Louise, I'm Kay and I'm an Addictive Eater. Well, I mean my eating really can be summed up pretty quickly because it was always the same. And it started at a very, very young age. I just always wanted to eat. And I would wake up wanting to eat. I always wanted to eat during the day. It didn't matter what was going on. And when I went to bed, uh, I would lie there and wait for my parents to go to sleep. And then I'd get up and carry on eating. It was just, it never, it was always in my head. And that just continued. I was aware, very aware of being different to my family. They didn't seem to be wanting to eat all the time. And my, I was going to say friends. Um, friends is a generous word. I didn't really have friends. But um, other people at school, the other children at school, <laughs> They didn't seem to be like that. They wanted to go off and play. But, uh, you know, I just always, always... I was very aware of it at um, children's birthday parties, you know, because, you know, I would just want to keep eating the food and then the games would start up again and I'd just want to keep eating the food. Um, and so, yeah, as I say, that just carried on. Um, all my growing up years. And it got worse. It just got worse. And um, I was very focused on the weight. That was what I saw was the problem. And if I could just lose weight, everything would be fine. And I did have one successful diet and got down to my goal weight for not very long. <laughs> um, but even when I was on that diet, and in some ways even more so when I was on that diet, I... Um, you know, was very, uh, you know, agitated, you know, even more so than usual. I mean, I always was kind of out of sorts with the world. Mum always used to say, Kay's always gets up on the wrong side of the bed because I just woke up out of sorts. And, you know, I know today that, that that's the disease. Um, so uh, I wasn't really looking for a solution. I'd tried the weight loss club and it hadn't worked and I, didn't, I hadn't worked out there was anything wrong with my head. Uh, and I just thought that this was the way it was going to be and I'd just have to keep trying. I just had to try harder. I just had to try harder. And... Um, you know, every new thing that happened, you know, like when I left school, I thought, oh, now, now I might be able to get a grip on it. And then when I went to work, well, you know, now I'm grown up. Now I'm in the big grown up world. Surely I'll be able to get a grip on it. Um, but it just continued to get worse. And I wasn't looking for a solution because I really just thought that I had been born differently to everyone else. And I didn't think there was a solution for me. And I read in a magazine an article, Are You a Food Addict? 
and I thought, wow, there are other people like me. And it wasn't just people that were eating too much. You know, it wasn't just, you know, I knew there was far more to my eating. It wasn't just that I ate too much. You know, it was all the the secretiveness around it and, um, you know, the fact that it, it didn't matter what it was. Like I ate food out of rubbish bins and I, I knew that wasn't normal. I ate in the toilet. I knew that wasn't really normal. And it was saying those sort of things in this article. And I thought, oh, wow, these people do sound like me. And uh, so, you know, I got in touch, wrote in, and eventually someone came and saw me in my home uh, from, you know, 12-step fellowship. And, uh, you know, she told me all about her eating, which, you know, was just like mine, except I thought she was worse because... She ate out of rubbish bins in public parks. I'd only eaten out of rubbish bins in people's homes. So, you know, she's really quite a bit worse than me. But uh, it was enough, you know, she took me along to my first meeting. And, you know, just like tonight, there's a whole lot of people like me. And it, honestly, it blew my mind. It really did. People talking about their eating. You know, one thing you know, being like me, that blew my mind, but then people talking about it so freely. I mean, I had kept it secret my whole life and still definitely was at that stage. Um, But people seemed to be talking about it. And this one woman in particular, you know, she was talking about eating out of rubbish bins like, you know, isn't it a lovely day I ate out of rubbish bins, you know, in the same sort of breath, you know. I thought, What? So uh, anyway, I kept coming to these meetings and, um, you know, kept identifying. And, you know, the one thing that happened to me with the food, uh, nothing, I didn't really look at the 12 steps, the program of recovery, didn't really understand that, didn't really think I needed it, wasn't sure what that had to do with losing weight. Um, But I did lose weight. I stopped binging basically when I came here and I did lose weight and so I thought well I'm okay because the weight was the problem and now you know I haven't got the weight and um, yeah but for me you know obviously I wasn't in recovery and it continued to get worse you know in a a slightly different way Uh, certainly not you know the the food, the quantity of food, had got a lot better. There was still a lot of insanity with the food and, yeah, a lot of insanity in the rest of my life. That got a lot, lot worse. And um, I uh, moved to a different city and um, I remember driving up there in my car and thinking, oh, well, you know, I can't eat, but at least I can still drink. And that was a very strange thought because I wasn't a drinker. I mean, I, you know, didn't go to parties because I was overweight. And um, I'd only been to one party and I'd got drunk at that party. And I thought it was a great party. But other than that, I hadn't had any experience. But, you know, for me, um, I believe today I was just an alcoholic that hadn't really picked up a drink. But the disease was all there and full you know, full-blown, 
and it just, you know, was looking for another substance. So um, there was you know, a lot more insanity that went with that. Um, I still was coming to these meetings, although I'd, as I said, moved to a different city and there wasn't anyone in recovery there. So in some ways that made it easier to continue. And then when I moved back to the, to the original city, um, you know, where there were people in recovery, there were um, three people by that stage. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, went completely mad. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was seeing that recovery in other people. And of course, I was getting worse. They were getting better. So the, the gap was getting wider between us. So the insanity was, you know, becoming more obvious when I was at meetings, not away from meetings, but when I was at meetings. And it was after meetings that I just, you know, would feel, you know, at my worst, you know, really quite suicidal after the, after the meetings. And... Um, People talked about step one, you know, these people that were in recovery, being powerless over food. Uh, you know, I didn't really understand it. Um, I didn't really understand being powerless over food. I didn't, I could see that there was a freedom connected with that. You know, they had a freedom. I mean, they were laughing. I wasn't laughing. Um, you know, they were free. And, but how to get there? You know, it just seemed, you know, I didn't have any idea of how to get there. Because I did get to a point where I, I wanted, I wanted to be there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, one day I just got to a point, I woke up and I knew I just couldn't go on. I didn't really understand what that was all about, but I, I just felt I just couldn't go on. And I couldn't think of anything to do except ring those members that were in recovery. And, you know, I mean, I wasn't too keen on them. Um, I really wasn't. Uh, it was actually the last thing in the world I wanted to do. But, um, you know, that was the only thing that popped into my mind. And I totally believe today that that was my higher power. Um, so, you know, I rang and, uh, you know, arranged to go around to, you know, uh, one of their houses and, you know, talk to, um, you know, a couple of members. And, um, and I had absolutely no idea what I was going to say. <laughs> I can't go on, you know. Um, and I, I, didn't, I didn't have any idea. But, um, and I don't really know what... I did say and what was said, but I know I was honest. I was honest for the first time in my life. Um, first and foremost about my eating. And because I could never be honest about my eating, I was never honest about anything. You know, I'd lived, I'd lived a life of lies. And, you know, my whole life was a lie. And um, so, yeah, and, and they said whatever they said. <laughs> Uh, probably that I had to put down everything um, if I wanted to get well. And I think they probably suggested uh, this. And I went home and I got down on my knees and I said, 
if there's anything there, can you help me? And I'm sure that must have been suggested to me because I just don't think I you know, would have come up with it myself. And even though I didn't think that there was anything there, I completely know today that God was there. And I, I believe that God had been wanting to help me. It wasn't that the help was being withheld from me, just that I wasn't in a position to receive it. Um, and, you know, I couldn't until I was beaten. And uh, today I do believe that I'd woke up that day and, and I was beaten. I didn't understand about step one for a long time, but today I think that I had woken up that day and that, I'd, that step one had happened to me. So I um, took the day off work because my head was all over the place and I went to a meeting that morning uh, because I knew that I needed to be honest with other members of the fellowship. You know, I knew it wasn't just something that I could, you know, start doing things differently. Well, that was doing things differently. Being honest with other members was doing things differently. I just knew that I needed to do that. And then the following day after that, I went back to work. And at work, I would always, um, I was drinking coffee at that stage, um, and I would have half of my milk allowance in my coffee at lunchtime and the other half at afternoon tea time. So I carried on doing that that day. Um, I can't have done it the day before. I don't think I used to do it at home, but when we had our tea break at work, I did it. And um, it wasn't at the lunchtime one, although today I do believe that by having only half of it, I was picking up the first one. But when I had the afternoon one, a sip of my coffee and afternoon tea, the wall was back. I, I felt I couldn't go on <laughs> again. You know, and exactly that same feeling that I had woken up with, you know, a couple of days previously. And I didn't know what was wrong. And I rang my sponsor and had a very cryptic conversation with her because the phone was right by the ear of the supervising typist <laughs> in the typing pool that I worked in. And so I'm sort of saying, oh, you know, didn't really want to say with her hearing, I can't go on, something's happened. But anyway, my sponsor said, oh, it sort of sounds like you've picked up the food. And I said, oh. And then I explained, when I had to, um, what had happened with the milk. And she said, well, you have picked up the first one. <laughs> and um, so, yes, I mean, I don't know, um, you know, I, d I hadn't been dishonest about that deliberately, I don't believe. I just hadn't understood and maybe hadn't realised that milk was food. Um, you know, I, I just needed to be honest about that and, you know, put on the right track. And um, so, you know, from that time on, I basically totally abandoned myself to this program. <laughs> 110%. I just developed a massive willingness to work this program which hadn't been there before and um, 
yeah, yeah. I, I just uh, followed along, you know, with what my, you know, the direction from my, my sponsor who, you know, guided me through the 12 steps and um, tried to give away what I'd been given even though I didn't really understand what that was, um, you know, trying to help, help the new people. Uh, and basically, you know, working this program, working these 12 steps. And, um, yeah, I've just continued to do that. Continued to do because it works. So, you know, why would I stop doing what works? That would be total insanity. And, you know, I've had plenty of years of insanity in the disease. Um, you know, I just um, kept on coming to these meetings, kept on trying to work this program, kept on trying to give away what I've been given. Um, tried to improve my conscious contact with my higher power. Um, just, yeah, basically everything that this program suggests. And, you know, I mean, I've been given an amazing life here. It certainly was not what I came in here for. Uh, you know, I, I didn't actually un realise how unwell I was when I walked in these doors. Um, but I have found a way to... Um, live a happy, sober life um, as an addictive eater, still an addictive eater. Um, but, uh, you know, I found, you know, a whole lot of other addictive eaters. And I think there are a whole lot more out there uh, that, uh, you know, that we try and help in this fellowship. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great life. Thanks, Louise. Thank you.